Marketers are forgiven for thinking that monetizing their MarTech stack is like digging through the Sahara with a teaspoon. Brand managers have been steeped in marketing technology for years, of course, but they continue to have a devilish time monetizing their tech stack and making it more actionable. Part of the solution may be not allowing the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Are companies ever going to achieve a 360-degree goal for MarTech? Probably not. But CMOs and marketers can play a key role building the infrastructure needed to digest, clean, and store the data, and make it more accessible for the entire team to learn deeper insights about consumers that will help to inform more successful ad campaigns. Marketing leaders can also evangelize that MarTech is not a quote-unquote project, but a product that needs constant nurturing and monitoring, as opposed to the set-it-and-forget-it mindset that makes MarTech even more problematic and optimization a pipe dream. Here to discuss how marketers get a better handle on marketing technology is Jason Cheron, partner at McKinsey & Company, the largest global management firm in the world. Jason, welcome. Thank you for having me. Jason, I want to begin with the overall here and countless studies in the past few years showing that marketers continue to struggle with monetizing MarTech. The State of MarTech 22 report, for example, by Cleve Touch and University of Hampton, which is based on the responses of nearly 700 marketers, found that 75% of marketers lack technical ability to use technology and 50% admit they are overwhelmed by it. So my question is, why can't marketers figure this out when these tools have been around for nearly two decades? Yeah, I think there are several real challenges that make it difficult both to implement and actually adopt these tools in day-to-day -day use. So I think first is customer expectations and therefore the experiences that you're trying to support with these tools continues to increase. So for example, roughly 70% of customers expect personalization and 76% of them are frustrated when they don't feel like they're getting relevant experiences. And so that's one major factor. The second is there's literally thousands of these marketing technology tools available in the market, all of which generally claim to be a one-stop shop for all of marketers' needs, which is very hard to obtain and fundamentally is not the case. And so third, I think generally inside of these companies, there's different owners of various tools scattered across the organization. So then it becomes an operating model complexity to actually work together effectively and get those things not only integrated, but then working together and have clear processes. So ultimately with the goalposts changing of what you're trying to do, a lack of clarity into the capabilities themselves and the integrative skill sets you need to bring it all together, it's actually not that hard to appreciate why marketers feel the way that they do. Okay, and I sense in your response an element of talent and with the kind of talent that's needed. But I want to come back to that in a minute and stay on this issue of spending. I'm sure you recall this now famous Gartner study in marketing and ad land from 2018 showing that CMOs are spending a larger proportion of their budgets on technology than on internal staff. 2018 may seem prehistoric, now to a lot of us, but do you see similar spending trends in the last few years? And is that part of the problem, Jason, that marketers are spending too much on technology and the software and not enough on people who can interpret the data and make it more actionable? Yeah, that may be partially true. I think the underpinning issues are more complex than simply are they not investing enough in the resources. So for example, in some cases, companies do recognize the need for more resources in addition to the technology, but they're not really considering the right mix of the talent, right? So in other words, they may they may be able to add an army of data scientists and think that solved the issue, but actually 
data scientists are not necessarily operators or product managers or technologists. And so that's it's helpful, but not enough or necessary, but not sufficient. I think it's not just about adding more technical resources either. It's about investing and upskilling the team members that you do have. And so the business acumen still matters quite a bit. It's actually the combination of that with the ability to interpret data and how to engage with new technology that is where the magic happens. And so it's not necessarily new people, but how do you upskill those who you have? And then I think one of the biggest issues is treating this investment in marketing technology as a project rather than a product. Yes, once these tools are in place, they are providing the ability to run various experiences at scale. That's the point. But that does not replace the need for your operators and technologists or the level of them, if you will. And so the difference is now these, these colleagues are not implementing solutions, but actually trying new tests and new experiences and solutioning ways to make those scalable in the next iteration of these tools. And so it's not a one and done. It's an ongoing product, if you will, uh, as across the organizations. Ultimately, marketing leaders need to just genuinely understand the definition of each role and how to deploy them so they can set up the right level for a sustainable operation. A quick follow-up there. Is that really necessary in terms of mindset shifting from project to product when it comes to MarTech? A hundred percent. You know, some are better, some, some recognize that. It's like any other, like any other technology, right? If you were a tech company who was working through an app, would you do one release and think that you're finished? Or would you be constantly thinking about new features? So in the world of marketing, you're constantly figuring out what's the new experience I want to deliver. How can I be more personalized? How can I target a different marketer, develop into a new channel to reach them? That, that integrative capabilities of, of marketing technology really is a product. And part of that is the operations surrounding it. So does that suggest that in order to really capitalize here, that marketers need to dismantle the silos? Is this, in terms of operationalizing this stuff, is that the barrier as it is with a lot of stuff with marketers right now? It is. I mean, if you think about both within a marketing organization and outside of the marketing organization, there are those types of silos, right? You have a certain area where different channels are operating that don't talk to others who are operating a different channel. So you might have media versus own channels or email, for example, data scientists that are look, creating insights but aren't actually talking to the operators. And so, and then of course, you've got your technology teams uh, outside of the marketing organization most of the time you need to rely on to help make these things work. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who people report to. It's the operating model by which you're coming together, collaborating and getting things done through execution. And so, so much of that can actually be solved through the processes more so than worrying about an org chart. Is developing the operating model and uh, collapsing those silos, in a sense, the bigger challenge than figuring <laughs> out the technology and the zeros and the ones? There's, there's obviously a, a learning curve, right? To understand what the technologies are, how to interpret data, what is it exactly that a data, data scientist does and how can that be helpful to marketing? But for the most part, I think people have grasped a lot of what that is now, or at least the concept of it. But how do you really operationalize that? That's always the number one barrier. Once you get people working together, able to communicate and translate to each other what their needs are, that again, that's where part of the magic happens and it starts to become sustainable and real. I'm sort of expanding on this, this, this notion of, of really breaking down the silos in a realistic way. Yeah, breaking down the silos, or is it is it a barrier, if you will? I, I think there's part part of that is you have enough. Part of that is are you upskilling the people you have. Part of it is are you communicating across the different teams? 
ultimately, this concept of marketers and tech leaders not, not having this perfect union over time, I'd say it's a realistic concept. Like that's out there. You run into that. It's not an unsolvable problem or an insolvable problem, right? I think if you've okay. got the, but the, what it comes down to is always you run into this idea of is technology actually delivering what the marketers need? And then on the other side of the fence, it's are marketers giving me enough of a perspective to understand what I need to deliver? And in reality, everybody can actually collaborate pretty closely and make that real. You just need to have commitment and joint ownership from the marketing and tech leaders, right? You can't sort of be having, have different incentives or different goals that you're running and it's not actually a unified capability you're trying to build. And so when you bring those teams together and you have people that are translators on the team that are committed to understanding the detail of how things actually work and are able to communicate, whether it's a marketer or a technologist, what are we trying to do? You generally do have talent that can execute and get those things done, but you need to have the I'd say joint goals of the leaders and commitment of the resourcing to, to achieve it. So it's more will, less inertia? I think that's right. Where do, uh, to boost returns, where do you think marketers right now in this current climate should put their tech dollars? Is it customer experience? Is it influencer marketing? Is it more video? That's a good question. It really it comes down to the context of the company. And ultimately, who is the target customer? What experiences are going to add the most value, right? Both for your customer and for, for you as a company. And what are your objectives for growth? If you understand those things, inevitably, it's less about dropping and adding channels uh, and more about visibility into performance, ongoing optimization of where you place that investment and the balance of how, you know, what are you driving? How much of that is awareness versus conversion and long-term value? And so that's an ongoing management thing. It's not a set it and forget it or sort of inherently drop one thing or add another. That said, there is one area that gains a lot of traction right now. If you think about commerce media. So in other words, given the quote, the proverbial cookie apocalypse uh, going on where third-party cookies are going to reduce dramatically and there's a bunch of new privacy roles taking effect, more and more companies with rich first-party data are investing in ways to monetize that. And there's also uh, conversely more and more brands that are looking for how to diversify their ad dollars and reach get greater reach uh, of their target audiences under these new conditions. And so that is one area that seems to be growing quite a bit as a, as a net new channel for marketers. Okay. And before we head into a real quick break, set it and forget it. How chronic <laughs> is it? How chronic is that? There's, there's probably three elements of that. One is to your point, they have a million other CMO has a lot of things on their plate, not just sure. always on performance marketing, if you will. Right. And so there's lots of getting pushed and pulled in a lot of directions. How are your goals changing? You know, what's the flavor of the week of the campaign you might need to run to hit some metric that, that's required. And so that's a real, a real thing. I think the other is, you know, the, the concept of when you have all this AI and great technology in place that it sort of takes care of itself, that's not, that everyone sort of realizes that's not true either. The human element is still very real and someone who's monitoring that, interpreting it, making, taking actions uh, on those insights is really required. And ultimately what it comes down to is visibility performance, right? That, that, that is such a critical element that marketers struggle with is what did I get in return for this dollar? How did, that, how did that influence the change of a customer base or conversion or whatever KPI I'm trying to measure? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that becomes very difficult when you have so many different channels you're operating in. Jason, I get the sense that this is really a, a, a difficult situation for a lot of marketers, that where do they need to dial back? You know, so, it seems like something's got to give, but they just still want to just feed some channels 
that may be providing returns, but they're not a lot. Do you think it's it's really we're heading to an inflection point where marketers are just going to have to really just sunset some channels and where six months, 12 months out, maybe showing returns, but over the long term, something's got to give. Do you, do, you, do you recommend that among marketers that they just have to bite the bullet, for lack of a better term, on some channels where you know these dollars are finite? It's hard to say exactly what channel you would say acts, right? I think that's depends on the sector, depends on context of who your consumer is and where they engage in their media, right? And so I think, I, w- I don't know, there's a clear cut one you just chop off. I do think it comes down to more than ever understanding your consumer and where they are. So there, there absolutely is a way to optimize. I think for any given company, they can look at where are my customers consuming their media? Where am I seeing return? And therefore be bold, make choices that might require, yes, a drop in sales from this one channel for a couple of months, but in the long run actually creates a significant amount of value. And so there is an opportunity to be bold and to optimize. And I think a lot of people just get scared of that kind of change or maybe feel like it's quite risky, even if they know there really is an opportunity there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We now take a break for a brief message regarding ANA Newsstand. The ANA produces four in-house publications covering the latest developments and trends in B2C, B2B, brand purpose, and across the industry at large. With practical insights from leading brand marketers, agency partners, and industry experts, our publications are designed to give marketers the real-world intelligence they need to drive growth and boost their value. Find the publications at ana.net slash newsstand. And now back to our show. Welcome back. I'm talking with Jason Cherok, partner at McKinsey & Company, about how CMOs and marketers get a better handle on marketing technology. Jason, you recently co-authored a McKinsey article featuring the five technology building blocks of MarTech and data enablement. Let's unpack each of the five elements, starting with data management. As you you mentioned, it can be very complex to think about, or even overwhelming to think about this massive MarTech stack and analytics capabilities and data capabilities to make marketing really work at scale. the whole purpose of this framework, if you will, is to help you cut through the noise and identify what you really need. And so starting with data management, effectively, that is the proverbial 360 degree view of your customer. And what that really means is, do you ever get to 360? Probably not, but that's okay. What it really comes down to is what is the backend architecture and infrastructure that you need to ingest data from lots of different sources, clean it, curate it, make it, make it stored and available so that you can actually access it and create insights with it. And so how do you just know who your customer is? And so that's part of that's part of the data capability itself. As you move into decisioning, it's really two components. One is what are all the analytics you would run to understand your customer base? So what types of products do they prefer? What offers do they respond to? What kind of content do they really like to engage with? All these different ways of just understanding the patterns and preferences of your customer base, that's a big part of what decisioning is. And then ultimately being able to take action with those analytics. And then design comes down to, okay, now that I know who my customers are, what type of action I'd like to take, well, now I need to provide real content. So that's what design is exactly what it sounds like. How do I go from maybe a a handful of creative versions of things to potentially hundreds if I've got all these different micro segments of customers and different experiences I want to deliver? Now design becomes very, very important to be able to do, get that kind of throughput. 
And then ultimately distribution, which is exactly, again, what it sounds like, depending on the channels I'm trying to engage customers with, I need to have all the different tools, whether that's email, social media, the website, the app, all those different mechanisms that you can do distribution. And then finally measurement, which is when I do those things, I want to know whether it works and whether I should change. Am I, be, am I resonating with my customers? And so therefore, what are the capabilities required to get clarity into measurement and visibility to performance? Going through the five, is it that starting with data management, is that really the macro got this big pie here thing within our borders, if you will, our sector, our audiences, and it's the decisioning, then you switch to micro and sort of, is it in decisioning when marketers need to start to think about personalizing the content? Yeah, exactly. So all the other stuff really gives you a mechanism to see who that, understand who your customers are and then be able to reach them. But ultimately that's correct. And decisioning, it's being able to analyze what's going on, where are the types of engagements going on? What, what are we seeing in the data to, to know? Well, so therefore this is what this individual wants to see or, or purchase, or you know, how do you create a relevant experience? And so the marketer starts to engage with those insights interprets them, creates a bunch of business rules and triggers around when should I even deliver this experience? And the engine is really the only way you can do that at scale, right? You can manually push your way through a handful of those things, but if you're trying to reach millions of customers through all these different omni-channel touch points and, and personalize each of those touch points, there's no way to do that without an actual engine helping you to drive that automation. How do marketers connect the dots, if you will, to make sure that there is some continuity from with each of the building blocks? How do they, again, how do they uh, really operationalize all of this? It really just starts with defining a strategy. So specifically, what are the data-driven insights that helps you identify? What are the pockets of growth of your customers? And have you defined in the actions you want to take to reach them? So starting with what are you just trying to achieve? Once you get that, you can then translate all of those growth actions into a discrete set of, well, therefore, what data do we need? What types of analytics are required? What are the tools that actually need to talk to each other to enable those experiences at scale, which will then give you clarity into what do you need out of this gigantic MarTech stack? What do you really need and what is, what's going to allow you to scale? Within this framework that you're ta talking about, does, the, does that mean that marketers need to be a lot more discriminating within the process? in terms of which channels, uh, which platforms, in terms of, as opposed to boiling the whole ocean, do marketers, again, need to be more discriminating, for lack of a better word? To some degree, yes. I mean, I think it depends on where, what your starting point is, right? So ultimately, yeah, there will be some priorities into what are what channels matter most for us. And therefore, maybe you start with some elements and worry about expanding later. You will create inevitably, whether you're just starting out or you're incredibly sophisticated to begin with, there will be a roadmap that comes out of this, starting with sequencing based on what's going to get the most value now. How do I become more and more sophisticated over time? And so there will be some level of prioritization, whether that be tools in the stack or features you need out of those tools you may already have as you do that. Even some things like AI-driven copy that you put on content, that of course creates value. But can you do that if you can't send an email, for example, with a different template that you, that you want to be able to provide differentiated experiences for? And so there's some level of order of operations to your point. And I think it has to start with not only what are you trying to achieve, but where are you really today? So you can integrate that into a, a sequenced rollout of, of capabilities. You think marketers get tripped up on the sequencing? 
in general, whether it's marketers and or technologists, there's a big level of generally, I think organizations can get paralyzed by trying to define the perfect technology. And not only that, but moreover, agonizing over decisions for the fear of what if this technology changes? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the reality is the perfect MarTech stack probably doesn't exist and is very far away from wherever people might be today. So there's a little bit of you've got to get started somewhere. I think the second thing is technology, by definition, will change. <laughs> they will evolve. Now, as long as you're thinking about that from the beginning and being pretty flexible with how you're architecting this, that won't render your entire MarTech stack useless, right? It may require you to replace a tool at some point or combine a few things, but that doesn't also mean that you should stand still and not therefore capture value, right? You've still got to be part of the game <laughs> and play it rather than stand still. And maybe to your point just a moment ago, maybe there's a little of don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. But whether it's the five building blocks you lay out, Jason, or simply a robust tech dashboard, do marketers suffer from too much tactical maneuvering? You've sort of touched on this throughout the conversation, but do marketers suffer from too much tactical maneuvering and not enough strategy? Not enough time, not enough, let's take a time out and absorb this stuff properly. The reality is they have a business to run without all the tools in place there can you can get caught up in some of the tactical stuff by nature you know you're constantly running racing against time having to prioritize what's being done manually do we have a brand campaign to run a new product launch what other types of scheduled messaging do we have this month and therefore you're just trying to get things out the door the other thing could be as we talked about before you're in this vortex of chasing performance you know, oftentimes there's it's, it's not just the cmo but broader executives you have your Monday meetings, if you will, or quarterly meetings, and there's things you've got to be able to got pressure to go achieve something. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the question is, how much do you balance that push versus pull of what the marketing organization is doing? And so the beauty of all of these new capabilities with data and technology is the ability to leverage all that data and define a set of strategies and bring evidence to support what can you accomplish, proactively influence what is marketing therefore going to go do. And then, of course, you have the flexibility to change those priorities as, as you're running the business. Uh, without that, you know, really, it's hard to do that at scale. And as we start to wrap up, Jason, do marketers need to take a better advantage of the marketing cloud? Would that mitigate some of the problems they're having? And same question for aggregation. Leveraging the marketing cloud, has a, there's a similarity to the broader MarTech stack in general, which is once you pick a marketing cloud provider or set of solutions, it's not done now. There's actually, then you have to put it into place, understand what you're trying to do. And oftentimes organizations are relying on third parties to implement these things anyway. The question then becomes, well, then who's, who's the glue in this? Who's actually thinking about what are we trying to deliver with this marketing cloud? What are all the modules available in it so that we can create these multi-step journeys, trigger different types of experiences, leverage some of the AI capabilities built inside of these clouds, to make a more differentiated experience for each individual. And that, that doesn't happen just because you've picked one. I think that that really happens when you've got a cohesive organization thinking through and diverse set of talent thinking through what are the, what's the strategy, what's the analytics say, what technologists am I working with to set this up appropriately that it can sustain even after it's implemented. The reality is there's a lot of modules and capabilities within these cloud providers that are not really being used to full scale by, by most organizations. How do marketers and CMOs take this globule, if you will, and really both educate and sell it to the C-suite in terms of uh, directionally and operationally with ultimately the goal being of marketers proving, really demonstrating their value to the C-suite? You know, what, what's, what's the best way to communicate this in this moment? 
the reality is you've got to be digitally savvy enough to get into the complexities of the detail with your broader teams to know what can you achieve. But having said that, when you're working through that throughout the organization, especially at the C-level, you've got to simplify that message. Coming with a, you know, do you have a strategy and understand what it's going to take to get there? Inclusive of a perspective on, well, therefore, what's the investment required, both in technology and resources, but ultimately, what's the return on that investment? At the end of the day, it's what are we going to get from this and, and make that a very simple message. And really, it takes a bold vision and conviction to get the attention of the C-suite. And in reality, the willingness to take on some risk and delivering it. That doesn't mean you have to deliver all of the return at once, but you do have to have some skin in the game and be willing to take on that risk to show results. Once you get started, yes, there's always some level of patience you're going to need. Like, hey, we're building this thing and do we have the ability to, you know, especially with technology to pace that out. But that said, there's a lot of parallel operations and testing you can do to show impact and create proof of concepts to keep people excited about it. And ultimately you want to create a cycle of investment as you deliver that over time. There are ways to both show value while you're building something for scalability in parallel. Jason, some very illuminating comments and some uh, really terrific advice uh, for our audience moving forward. Wanted to now move to the lightning round, which is the, uh, very fluid situation out there, as I've alluded to, but the biggest challenge for CMOs right now. Right now, the talent pool is a major barrier. My colleagues actually wrote an article last year about the great attrition, mentioning that between you know April and September of 2021, 19 million Americans quit their jobs, given a combination of high demand, work-life balance, flexibility, uh, you know, some other factors. Finding, retaining, and growing talent in what was already a very acute shortage of technical talent, especially technical talent within marketing, has only become an exacerbated issue. And it's also, by the way, an area that everyone is investing very heavily in right now. So the ability to find this talent and, and really add that to your capabilities has become, I argue, one of the number one challenges for any marketing organization right now. To learn more about the five technology building blocks of MarTech and data enablement, please go to mck.company slash 3NLGGTK. And a big thanks to my guest, Jason Sherrock, partner at McKinsey & Company. For the A&A Champions of Growth podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Until next time, thanks for listening.